This is Fishbowl Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Justin Goen. Well, we're stepping into a new episode. I'm Pastor Justin with Fishbowl Effect Podcast. Thank you for listening. And um, hey, I just want to uh, say thank you for taking time uh, to to listen to Fishbowl Effect, but not only just taking time to listen, if you would, make sure that you like it. Follow follow me on, on Facebook. I post it on my, on my personal Facebook page. You can look up Justin Debbie Goins. That's all combined into one word. Um, it's my wife and I. We like to share our Facebook just for confidentiality. Well, not really for confidentiality, but for transparency purposes. You can follow us there, but also we're on pretty much every major podcast hosting channel. And so if you look us up, uh, link or, or sorry, like, like the podcast just finished up with an episode series on first Timothy chapter four, verse 12. This podcast is going to be diving into Psalm, Psalm chapter one, one through six. Now the, the Psalms is Israel's song book majority, not all, but majority penned by King David himself. And also Psalms when he wasn't King yet. Um, and I find it interesting. Some of the Psalms, I mean, you think about, uh, well, I think about a lot of the Psalms that I have that that are instrumental in my own personal life, just because of just some moments, things that uh, things that have happened in my life. Um, I love Psalm chapter three and uh, one of the churches I used to attend before I was a pastor. The choir had a larger choir, and they used to sing, um, "But Thou, O Lord." Are a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. That's a song, and uh, man, what a what a beautiful song it is! And and I encourage you to check it out and listen to it. Man, it'll have you weeping and then full of courage all at the same time. But then you think of other psalms, maybe Psalm twenty three, the great shepherd psalm, or Psalm fifty one, David's repentance psalm after his Bathsheba and Uriah sin, or Psalm one thirty nine, the the great a uh, psalm about how God knits life in the womb and how at conception it is a child. It is a human living, living human being. God declares such. Or you think about Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the whole entire Bible finds itself in the book of Psalms. But altogether, these are Israel's songbook. And I just think about the uniqueness. I mean, David, Going back to Psalm 51, I mean, think about this for a second. Think about maybe one of your sins or, or, or a big sin that you have repented of. And of course, God forgiven you of. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is, not you, but he is faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God will forgive you of your sin. He declares, so he is faithful to his forgiveness once we confess it. Homo meaning saying the same thing as. That's what confession is. Not, oh God, I'm confessing a sin. It's literally saying, God, what this, name what you did and say, God, that is wrong. It is against you. And I stand on your side and say, that's a sin. But just think about it that specific sin for a second. Imagine writing it down, putting it to paper, then going to your church worship leader and say, here you go, put music to this, and then let's sing it together as a worship song. I mean, some of us, well, all of us would be rather embarrassed. I mean, there are multiple Psalms, if you read them, about David's sin and just the transparent the transparency of his life and how, how they were able to take weak moments 
weak moments in people's lives and his life as king and turn it into the glory of, for the glory of God and singing about it. So the Psalms are a very unique book and we don't have time. Maybe we'll cover them in totalities over the years of podcasting, Lord willing, if he graces me with many years of doing this. But right now we're going to look at one specific Psalm, the whole chapter, and take probably five to six weeks to go verse by verse. It's Psalm chapter number one, and it starts off this way. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Now this psalm, this psalm, it's crux. What what really happens in this psalm, and we'll see over this next five or six podcasts, episodes, is that there's really two types of people that are presented in this psalm, two types of people. So there's two types of, of worldviews, two types of life, li- two, two different lives that you can decide to live in. And we'll look at them, especially in verse three and, and verse four, but it really does pit itself starting in verse one, verse two, and then it contrast again in verse three and four, and then yet again, back in verse five and verse six. I mean, it's a beautiful psalm, but it really shows us two main things. One person who finds their delight in the world and in self, and the other finding it's his or her delight in God, in his word. Having a relationship with the world or having a relationship with God, one will end up withering and useless and blowing away. The other will be like a mighty tree sucking its roots, getting its water from the water source right by the rivers of water, living full of life. Now, if I just had to say right now, which one would you rather be as a picture of your life? You'd probably say the tree by the river, and that's exactly where this is going. In fact, this is exactly what the psalmist is going. But before we get to those, we got to tackle verse one. So the word blessed here, it's a unique word. The word blessed here directly, it's, it's, it's the word joy and contentment. But get this, it's joy and contentment due or because of right conduct or because of a right choice. And so this word is like a result word or like an award or rewarding word. It's, it's a blessedness because of a certain thing that was done. And so it starts off, blessed is the man that walketh. All sounds good. Like, okay, okay, tell me the what. And all of a sudden he says, right in the negative, walketh not. And so he said, blessed is the man. He'll return to this man in verse two and in verse three. But for the time being, the rest of this verse, he's going to give three three types of areas that a blessed man or, or, or really a right choosing, a right walking or lifestyle. Don't go in these three areas and you'll be blessed or you'll be in the right conduct. And the first he says, walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Walketh not counsel of the ungodly. The word counsel, it means principle or advice. Literally, the psalmist is saying, don't find your advice from the world. Don't go in your counsel. Don't don't go and seek seek wisdom, if you may, or worldly advice from the word he says here is ungodly, which is literally wicked or not of God. Let let me ask you a question. Where do you go to find relationship advice, marriage advice, financial advice, church advice? Uh, it's been a handful of times that I've done marriage counseling over the years, being a pastor with other people. And 
And the first thing I tell them is the man or the wife, the husband or the wife. I said, listen, don't, 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 don't go running to your unbelieving friends to get advice because they're most likely, not all the time, but they're going to tell you, man, just up and leave or, hey, girl, just up and leave. They don't, you don't need that. They're not going to give you sound biblical truth. And so the very first way that we are to avoid, if you're going to be a person who is blessed, who's going to be joy and content is to don't go get advice or walking or going in the counsel of the ungodly. No, then he says, nor standeth in the way of sinners. The word way here, it is uh, the word for conduct or really lifestyle, standing or hanging around, doing life with, standing and kind of just being a part of really is the easiest way Easiest way to say it. And he says of sinners. So a lot of people I've heard over the years, and they're I always have to follow the question up or really that after they make this statement of can you explain or can you go further in detail with what you mean? Because people say, Well, you know, I gotta I gotta be around sinners. Okay. And I say, Can 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 you explain to me in detail kind of what you mean by that. If you mean that you got to go into the world and to witness to them, then you're right. But this, what this is talking about, what this psalmist is saying here is no standing in the ways. What's standing? What, why do you stand? Let's ask a couple questions. Why, why would you stand? I mean, if you're, let's say you ever walked past, um, you ever window shopped before? I grew up on the East Coast, okay? I grew up on the East Coast, and we would go to the ocean quite often in the summertime. My mama was a beach bum. We all are and love the beach. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you, mama, for taking us to the beach. And we'd go to the boardwalk, and sometimes you'd see uh, musicians there, painters there. But as you walked, you you would find yourself kind of a crowd. You'd hear the music. Let's say it was a guitar guy sitting there playing guitar, and you're walking, and a crowd started to build. They, They would stop, and they would stand. They would take notice, and they would be caught up in the moment. And before you knew it, moments, minutes, maybe even a half an hour had gone by, 10, 15 minutes, a half an hour had gone by and look, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, I just, where did the, t- where did time go? And you're standing and you become comfortable. You, you kind of get in this daze, if you may. And this is kind of the mentality here. You're not walking, you're not flowing in the direction of an advice of the wicked or not godly. And then secondly, you're not standing, you're not getting comfortable in the way of sinners, meaning the conduct, the lifestyle. Are you comfortable? Let's just ask yourself, ask yourself, are you comfortable with the worldly lifestyle? I mean, to be honest with yourself. I mean, be brute honest. Are you comfortable living in a worldly lifestyle? I think if if we're honest, even myself sometimes, I can if I'm not f- prayed up, focused up, and really in tune with the Holy Spirit of God, I'm telling you, you may be more holier than me, but I'm telling you, there are some times when, man, I, I can stand and get a little bit comfortable, and all of a sudden a day's, oh, whoa, 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 and I go through my, conf- you know, confessing my sin before God and then moving on, but this is, I know this, when I'm in that mode, there is no blessedness in me. That I am, I, I am not producing good fruit at that moment. Don't stand. Don't get comfortable in a lifestyle of sinners. Then he says, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. The word seat, it means assembly or dwelling. But look at what he, look at the progression. Walking, 
then 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 you kind of get a little bit comfortable and you kind of get drawn in and so you're standing and you're kind of peaking up your in or perking up your interest and then next thing you know it you're sitting indian style with your hand your head in your hands and you're just there uh <laughs> kind of just like focus boom and you're just slumped in and and you're involved and really one one's person one person's life really mimics this pretty decently is lot you remember lot with abraham his uncle when when their herdsmen got into a fight when their herdmen got into a fight what happened abraham being wise said okay lot uh, we we can't have this. We we are getting too large here, and and I'm paraphrasing. We are getting too large, and I don't want this to be a family riff or tiff. So so lot, you choose first. I'll give you first choice. And so he's looking around. And he looks over at Sodom and Gomorrah, and he sees the land. He sees the world. He sees the fun. He goes, you know, we're gonna go that way. So he starts walking in the direction of that. And then the Bible says that he pitches a tent outside the city, and so he's kind of like basically standing there. And the next time we see it. He's holding an office at the gate of the city. And you notice what he's doing? When the angels come with Abraham, he's, he's moved into the city. So he, start, he started walking. Then he started standing outside. And the next thing you know it, Sodom and Gomorrah lured him, sucked him right into the city. And he found himself sitting inside the city, sitting inside of the city. That's exactly what sin will do. That's exactly the course of sin. It'll have you focused on its direction. It'll kind of get you dazed and standing around. The next thing you know it, you don't know why, but you're kind of slouching down and you're sitting down on the couch, so to speak, of sin, and you're there. And you're just there. He says, blessed is the man that walketh not, that you don't find yourself walking in this direction, nor standing in this direction, nor sitting in the seat or assembling or dwelling of the scornful mockers. Listen, hear me. There is a difference, Christian. There is a difference in being around people for the sake of witnessing. There is a whole different difference. I know there's a lot of different there. (laughs) There's a whole difference than doing real life with them and partaking of their lifestyle. Jesus did not do the latter. He did the previous. Jesus went in for the sake of witnessing, but you'll never find, you'll never find where Jesus did life with these wicked people continuously, engulfed himself in their lifestyle. And people use this all the time. And they also use Paul's passage in 1 Corinthians about how he became a Jew to the Jew and to the Greek to the Greek and to the weak became weak. And and they use that to then say, well, I have the, in order to reach these people, I have to mimic their lifestyle or be like them. And we have to first ask ourselves, hold on a second. Why did Paul have to become a Jew? Wasn't he already a Jew? And didn't he also, what, what, you know, why did he have to become weak? Doesn't Paul mention times in his life that he was already weak? What was he saying? He wasn't saying that he actually had to become these things in order to win them. He was talking about not being ignorant or doing his research, so to speak, in order to understand what a Jew's lifestyle, a Greek lifestyle, weak lives, all these things were so as to better have a game plan to witness to them. The same thing with Jesus and the same thing here. Don't find yourself sitting in the seat of the scornful. Don't get sucked into dwelling with non-believers, meaning to the point of partaking of their lifestyles. Get away from it. If you do, hear me, you'll find yourself not being blessed. First John, first John chapter two, 
John mentions about the cosmos, and he mentions the uh, for the love of the world is the is is or the or the cosmos, and, and he says it's the love. Uh, Lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These things are not of God. In fact, he mentions that these are from Satan. And the 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 word that he uses are for world is cosmos, not just sun, moon, and stars. He's talking about the world system. Follow falling in love with what the world says. Here is life, the main root purpose of your being and, and follow the system. Get the peripheral or the proverbial, sorry, uh, American dream and buy into it and then get to your 50s and 60s, retire and, and, just, and just kind of isolate yourself and do what you want to do. My dear friend, hear me. Not that retirement is bad, not that owning a home is bad, not that pursuing a life of making a living is bad, but all those things are bad if you fall in love with them and not in love with Jesus. All those things are. There is a way of a system of life, and the Bible says, don't, don't you dare fall in love with the lust of the flesh and lust of the eyes, the pride of life, because that is not of God, it's of Satan. There's nothing wrong in and of themselves with those things, but to find your root delight, to find your root purpose, to find your dependency, to find your, 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 what am I looking for? What word am I looking for here? To find your delight in those things is really to end up empty. And we'll see in verse four, you'll be like chaff, which the wind driveth away. It's good for nothing. It's just a to be blown away. But you find yourself delighting in God, with God, in his word, worshiping God, seeking a life that is engulfed and gorged with a true relationship with him. That's a life true, truly blessed or full of joy and full of contentment. I, I want to encourage you today, Christian, if, if you're listening, well, obviously you're listening, but if, if you're really listening, Stop walking in the direction of the, of the world. If you've already walked and you find yourself standing, wake up. Wake up. Here's a warning call. Wake up. Get away. If you've already found yourself sitting, this is hard. If you're sitting, it is hard to notice that you're sitting because you're so comfortable. Get up. Get up, Christian. Turn to Christ. Get on your knees. Repent. Tell. Confess it to God. Get up and start walking to the Walk towards Christ, your true joy, your true delight. That's my encouragement from Psalm chapter one, verse one. Don't walk in the way of sinners. Don't stand in this uh, in the way of sinners. Sorry, don't don't walk in in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't stand in the way of sinners, nor sitting in the seat of the scornful. Get away from those things. Remove yourself from them. Go run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. I hope this was an encouragement. Psalm chapter one, verse one. And next episode, we'll be checking out. Verse two. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Again, I'm Pastor Justin Goins with Fishbowl Podcast.